If you would take your Bibles now and turn to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Beginning at verse 11, strengthen with all might as believers. He prayed for the Colossian believers, and we pray for one another. We might be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Verse 12, Colossians 1, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. And he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us or translated us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God and the firstborn over all creation for by him all things were created that are in heaven that are on earth visible and invisible by him these things were created. Thrones, principalities, powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things are held together. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. It was the Lord Jesus who asked the apostle Peter, and who literally asks every one of us the most important question that's ever been asked. And that's saying a lot. I realize that. Remember Jesus said to Peter, and he says to people today, Who do you say that I am? One of the most important things we have to understand is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. We celebrated his death and resurrection at the table this morning. You remember Peter responded and he said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the Messiah. You're the promised one. All the Old Testament scriptures promised that the Messiah would come. And you are the Son of the living God. You're God the Son. It's amazing there's all kinds of people around us who do not know who our Savior is. And therefore they do not have a saving relationship with God through Jesus. I'm going to give you some examples of what is said. A group known as Jehovah's Witness, they believe that Jesus is an archangel who became a man. Not so. New Age people, Oprah Winfrey, believes that Jesus is one way out of many to God. Not so. Some believe that he's an ethical teacher. Some believe he's a miracle worker. Some believe that he is a prophet. Islam, not so. He was a prophet, but he's not only a prophet. He's God the Son, as we saw in the scriptures this morning. There are those who say that he was a controversial rabbi, some within Judaism. 
Some say he's a manifestation of God. Here's the true God. And Jesus was a manifestation of God. The Baha'i religion that's right here in Louisville. The scriptures are very clear that the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, is the glorious Son of God. In fact, if you'll look with me at one more verse, please, in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9, where it says, For in Him, in Jesus Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And then in verse 10, it tells how this relates to you and to me. We are complete in Him. So when you have Jesus Christ, as your Savior, you have God, God the Son, in the flesh. He's still in the flesh. Flesh and blood. Well, he's in his resurrection body now. He does have a body. In him all the fullness of the Godhead dwells. Now, the book of Colossians is an awesome part of the Word of God. It's the most Christ-centered book of the Bible. It stresses the supremacy of Jesus Christ, that he is above all, and it also talks about the completeness of our salvation. I mentioned at the communion table that this man, and I remember when he told me this, he said, you know, I'm only a brand new Christian, but the man who led me to the Lord said, don't ever get over the wonder of your salvation. And, and, and we shouldn't as well. Some of us have been saved for many years. But as we walk out down our street, we see neighbors, and from all understanding, we realize that some of them just don't know Jesus as their Savior. We work with people, and oh, they just don't really understand who the Lord Jesus Christ is. book of Colossians tells us very clearly. And I'd like for you to look with me at 1.13. Uh, this is a, a key to this section of Scripture. 1.13 says... He has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now we are a part of the kingdom of God. Uh, before we trusted Christ, there was a true sense in which we were under the authority of Satan. I remember one of the profs at Dallas Seminary always used to say, Never forget the fact that you as a believer are not under the authority of Satan anymore. Oh, he may tempt you. He may send a lot of things in, into your life, but you're not under his authority. You're under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ because you have been taken out of the kingdom of darkness and translated, transferred into the kingdom of his dear son. That's why we called the message title this morning, Two Kingdoms, One King, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that we're into the kingdom of Christ, and we are that together, and together, by the way, we're in the body of Christ, Remember, he's the head, and I love these terms in Scripture. I, I really, I love to read the Word of God, and I know you do too. And you see, we're in his kingdom. We're in the body of Christ. Now, what are we talking about here? Not just a group of people together. Christ is the head, and we as believers are, as living stones, we're united to our Lord. I mean, this is awesome truth in the Word of God. Now that we're in the kingdom... <clears throat> the kingdom of his dear son. We are called kingdom disciples. <clears throat> Pardon me. And I want us to keep that terminology in mind this morning. Uh, we have one king, King Jesus, and we are his followers. We are his disciples. And the word disciple, uh, the primary meaning of disciple is learner. We want to keep learning. We want to keep growing in our knowledge of the word of God. We don't arrive you know, we're not like some Christians that say, you know, 
And once in a while you may catch somebody like, well, I've heard that before, you know. I've seen that, I know. No, we want to keep learning. And as the Lord brings some questions across your mind about life, about what's going on in our world and our culture, as these questions come along, you want to say, Lord, teach me. Uh, I want, I'm your disciple. I want to learn uh, what you want me to learn. Remember the word disciple. The primary meaning is a learner, okay, one who learns. In fact, it's a very important truth in the Word of God that God wants us to keep learning. You say, well, you know, I'm finished with school now. I've had college. And all. No, we need to keep learning. And that's one of the things that the disciples were encouraged to do. Did you happen to read this past week about the National Spelling Bee? Wasn't that interesting? A lot of Texans did well in the Spelling Bee. And uh, this little 14-year-old guy uh, from... Uh, uh, Indian American background he spelled the word called out koinonia. koinonia which is now a English word but it's a word that means so much to us fellowship in fact I thought it was neat to see in the paper he spelled the word koinonia which refers to Christian fellowship as mentioned in the Bible brother that's awesome Koinonia. And so this little guy, 14 years of age, he keeps learning. He keeps learning to spell more words. And uh, I remember, wow, there were times I had struggle uh, spelling words like license. Remember how to spell license? And bureaucrat, remember? <laughs> we want to keep learning. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5 says, A wise man will hear and increase learning. A man of understanding will attain wise counsel. Proverbs chapter 2. Incline your ear to wisdom. Cry out for discernment. Seek her as silver. And then I love 2.6. For the Lord gives wisdom. What am I saying at this point? Disciples are learners. I'm saying at this point that there are a lot of questions that come along in our society today. And we're going to handle some of these down the road here not too far. The questions about gender and sex and uh, political issues, all kinds of things. The Word of God does speak to uh, the nation of Israel, the church, the body of Christ. Um, has God forsaken Israel? No, he hasn't forsaken Israel. There's still a future for Israel. So there's a lot of questions that come along in this life. And what God wants us to do is take our questions and look at the word of God and say, Lord, what do you have to say? Just like the disciples went to the Lord with their questions and they learned of him. In fact, the last command that Jesus gave to his followers was, go and make disciples of all nations. And if we're going to make disciples... We have to be a disciple ourselves. And there, there are a number of characteristics of a disciple. I'm just going to mention these real quickly. Essentials for discipleship. A disciple puts Christ first in all areas of his or her life. Very important. We take Christ into account with the things we do, where we go, what we see, what we do. Uh, remember, number one, however, is a disciple is a learner. And the Lord says, come and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And, and it is amazing. Uh, start doing this more. Start writing some things down. You have a question on this subject or this issue in your life. And then go to the Word of God and say, Lord, 
teach me. I, I'm your disciple. I want to learn uh, what you, how you want me to look at this very issue. A disciple spends time daily with the Lord, quiet time. Uh, if you ha- didn't get your new Daily Bread devotional book, they're in the foyers. And pick one up. This is a good system. It really is. It takes you in the Word of God. It moves you around in the Bible. And there's even a guideline to help you to read through the Bible in one year. But uh, we, we need to daily uh, have spiritual food and allow the Lord to... Min- if you miss one day, you know, um, you know, not, the Lord's not going to come down on you in judgment. If you miss a day or two or, I don't know, about three or four. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Um, But really, a disciple is someone who spends time daily with the Lord. And the more you mature in the faith, the more you're going to say, boy, I value that time. Some of you have your quiet time in the morning. Some of you have it in the evening. Um, Some of you have it different time during the day. But there's... At least a time where you you look at the Word of God and and you go to your Lord in prayer and you bring your needs and concerns. And it is amazing what the Lord does as a result of our quiet time with Him. A disciple worships the Lord regularly. A disciple has a heart for telling others about Jesus. And you find yourself burdened. Uh, I talked to someone not too long ago who works with somebody and says, I'm really burdened for that person because... They just don't know the Lord as their Savior. A disciple has a heart for telling others about the Lord, praying for those who don't know Christ. A a disciple has a servant heart. Remember, Jesus said, I came uh, as a servant. I came as one who serves. Not one to be ministered unto, but to be a servant. I like this, the three, I call it. Uh, Somebody wrote out a definition of a disciple, and I call it the three. A disciple is one who follows the Lord Jesus for three reasons. Hang on to this now. Remember Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And what was the occupation of those who he told that to? Fishermen. And he said, okay, man, you know how to fish. You know how to catch fish. Some of you know how to catch fish. I know a couple sitting right here this morning. They really know how to catch fish. I know how to drown worms, but I don't know how to catch fish. A disciple is a person who follows Jesus in order to know him, to grow like him, and to go for him. And I thought this was good when I read this. I thought, man, that is really neat. That's pulling it together. A disciple is a person who follows Jesus to get to know him. And one of the joys of the disciples was more and more they got to know who Jesus Christ was. Remember, the Lord's the one who asked Peter, um, who do men say that I am? And some say, well, you may be uh, John the Baptist come back from the dead. You may be a prophet. And then Jesus said to Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And and more and more, the disciples were learning about the what we call the beauty of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's awesome. So we're disciples so that we can get to know him. Uh, another thing that helps us to know the Lord better is to study the attributes of God. Uh, find some kind of a study that puts together for you. And if you want to stay encouraged before you fall asleep at night, look at one of the attributes of God. Thank the Lord for that attribute. Lord, you are gracious. 
gracious. We heard in Sunday school this morning how the Lord is merciful, how King David showed mercy to those who were not merciful to him. And God wants us to be merciful. So we want to glorify God as we talk about him. He's an awesome God. He's a merciful God. He's a great God. To know him, to grow more like Jesus Christ, you know the verse, growing grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The goal of the Christian life is that we might become more like him. And that's not easy, by the way. It's not easy. I remember Jesus said, um, love your enemies. I've, I've had people say this is one of the toughest things I've been asked to do. Because you don't know what this person has done to me. And yet you're asking me to love that person. To pray for that person. Now, would God ask us to do something that we can't do? No. He has to give us the enablement, but we can do it. Oh, you know the verse. I can do all things through who gives me strength to do what he asks us to do. So to know, to grow, and to go for Christ. And you see, the point is, the more you get to know about Christ, the more you get to know about him and the glory of our Savior, the more you're going to want to go for him. And and the Lord will burden you to talk to that aunt or that uncle or that neighbor or that person at work. The more you grow in discipleship with the Lord. And to be a disciple of the Lord, again, we have to spend time with him. Uh, Learning in the time of Christ was very different from learning today, obviously. A student in the first century was required uh, to literally spend time in the physical presence of his or her mentor. Mainly it was his mentor. And if you wanted to know what your teacher was thinking, you would have to tag along with your teacher. That's why the disciples followed the Lord and they would ask him questions. Well, we can do similar today. Again, I mentioned this as uh, being a disciple. We take our concerns. We say, Lord, what does your word say? Teach me, Lord, I am your disciple. And uh, we want to grow. We want to grow spiritually. And let me mention this about the word growth. There's a man by the name of John Maxwell who writes a lot of books on the subject of leadership. I mean a lot if you look it up on the Internet. And he has one book, and the title of that book is Let me see the number. 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. Stay with me. 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. In other words, yes, the Lord wants us to grow spiritually. But we should want to grow as persons. And his point in the book, and I have a copy over there, you can look at it, is that some people don't really want to change They don't really want to grow. And um, the interesting thing is that God says, I want you to grow. I want you to become more and more like Christ. Now, John Maxwell's book basically deals with personal growth. And I put a copy over there, and I put a little list there. If you'd like a a copy of that book, uh, I've shared it with a, a number of younger men in the fellowship. And they tell me, they come back, and they say, hey, that thing is really good encourages me to grow in my life, in my walk. So if you're interested, there's a sign-up sheet there. There's a copy if you want to look at the book itself. The Lord does want us to grow. Remember Proverbs 1.5 says, A wise man 
A wise person will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. Yes, we are to be growing. We don't want to be complacent and say, oh, yeah, I've studied it all. You know, I know the Bible. No, God wants us to take our concerns and look at them in the light of Scripture. Matthew 5, 1 says, When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside, and he sat down, and his disciples came to them, and he taught them. And I, I'll tell you, it's a wonderful thing. When we, some of us have known the Lord a long time, where we can say, you know, the Lord's still teaching me. Uh, it's amazing what the Lord is teaching me. And, and, and write down things that he's working in your life about. Very quickly, Jesus, of course, uh, taught his disciples. And sometimes people say, what, what are the basics that the Lord taught the disciples to get a handle on? Well, at least four things I jotted down. They wanted to, uh, Jesus wanted the disciples to know what the Father in heaven was like, what God is like. Remember, I encourage you, study the attributes of God. Boy, one of the ways to end your day is take one and thank the Lord for that attribute. The prophet said, the people who know their God shall be strong and do exploits for him. Also know why the world is broken. There are multitudes, but why is our world in such a condition as in today? Well, we know because Genesis chapter 3 tells us that Adam sinned against God and sin passed in the whole human family. But there's the next one I call it, how to know God personally. And Jesus talked about that with his disciples very clearly in a number of passages. We're not going to go over them all. And how broken people can obtain wholeness. Those who come along in life and find things are not happening well for them or their relationships. There's a family uh, structured and divisions. But how can the Lord bring healing to someone who's been whipped by sin? You and I know the answer to that. It's through Jesus Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a... And old things pass away, and all things become new. And how thankful we are for what the Lord does for us. Well, there are many, many truths related to being disciples of the Lord. He wants to teach us. He wants us to trust Him. Uh, the promises in the Word of God with regards to His continuing to teach us, there are many, like... Psalm 32, 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you shall go. I will guide you with my eye upon you. I think there's one condition which the psalmist mentioned with regards to being taught of the Lord. And it's in Psalm 25, verse 9, where it says, The humble he guides in justice, and the humble he teaches his way. So when we come before the Lord and we say, Lord, I really want to keep learning I don't want to be a Christian who says, oh, I've heard it all. I've known, I know all the things. That, no, we don't know it all. We want to keep growing in our knowledge of the Lord. The last thing, very briefly, is found in 13 and 14 of Colossians chapter 1. And here we see the four saving actions of Christ. Number one, he delivered us from the power of darkness. Please don't miss that. That's an important verse. That's a very important verse. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. He is delivered. So remember, when you walk out of here this morning, if you know Christ, remind yourself, 
you're in the kingdom of Christ. He delivered us from the kingdom of darkness, put us into the kingdom of Christ. We're in a safe unit together. Doesn't mean we're in a world without there being uh, spiritual warfare, but we're safe in Christ. We're in the kingdom of Christ. He delivered us from the power of darkness. And that was Dr. Pentecost, which Stoke knows real well, who used to say many times, just remember, you may be tempted by Satan, but Satan has no authority over your life. He has none. James 4, 7. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil. Finish the verse. Oh, I remember the very first time. I was young. And I saw that verse. And, wow. Satan flees when we truly submit ourselves to the Lord. Second one. Uh, in that verse, he translated us. We've already talked about this much. He took us out of the kingdom of darkness, translated us in the kingdom of his dear son. You belong to Jesus. You belong to King Jesus. You're a kingdom disciple. You're a learner. You're a follower. And then the next one is he redeemed us. And we celebrated this at the table this morning. To redeem means to release a prisoner by the payment of a ransom. The ransom price for you and me. They'll have that tremendous freedom that we have now. Is the blood of Jesus Christ. And lastly, he has forgiven us. What an awesome Savior we have. He has forgiven us. In whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. And it's an awesome thing. One of the most beautiful truths in scripture is that we don't have to be beaten up by our past sins when we confess them to the Lord, even as believers. He is faithful and just to forgive us. So yes, we have an awesome Savior. We belong to His kingdom. And we are so thankful. The last thing this passage encourages us to do, it says in the last part of verse 18, that in all things He might have preeminence. Ooh, that's a good one. That in all things... He might have first place. So let's keep that in mind. Remember we started the message by saying all kinds of people don't even know who Jesus is. But we who know Jesus, Lord, we want to do our best. We really do. To give you first place. And I found a list that somebody gave of how of where they wanted Christ to be first. Listen to this list and we'll close in prayer. First place in our families. First place in our marriages first place in my work first place in the matter of my thoughts first place in my conversations doesn't mean you have to be talking about Jesus all the time no but there are times when the spirit of the Lord touches you and say and says to you and you may be the only one that can do it in the context lift up the Lord Say something about what he has done for you. First place in your conversation. First place in what we watch. First place in our first place in music. First place in worship. That in all things he, our Savior, our Master, might have first place. Let's close in prayer together.